Hey, I'm Sam. And I'm Lizzie. And we're queer people who love movies. This is Subtextual. Lizzie, Lizzie, Lizzie. Samuel. How are you today, Lizzie? I'm great. It's 1 a.m. where I am. I'm loving it. (laughs) Yeah, we're recording this episode over Zoom. This is our first foyer into that because Lizzie's in another country living a vacation life. So yeah, I'm excited to be here with you, even though we're very far away. I've missed you since you left. So this is fun. It's like we're hanging out again. I know. You know, I wish I could say I missed you, but since I edit all these podcasts, I hear your voice like six hours a day. So, but it's nice to see you. Yeah. You look great. Thank you. It's not, yeah, you usually just hear me, but now you get to see me too. So that's a bonus. I forgot how blue your eyes are. Thank you. Yeah. A lot of people don't expect me being a Mexican that my eyes are as blue as the ocean. <laughs> um, so I've got a really fun movie for you today. I like sometimes I I get tempted to do historical films or like serious movies, but then I just treat myself and I do whatever I want anyways. So (laughs) that being said, do you want to take a guess as to what movie we're talking about today? Ooh, um, is it like a 90s, early 2000s rom-com? Yes. Is it Clueless? No. Um, Does it involve a makeover scene? Absolutely. Is it She's All That? No. Is it Princess Diaries? No, you're very close with the first with the first guess. Oh, she's all that. Um, she's the man. Yes. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, there's a makeover. <laughs> Tell me how you feel about this movie. I know that you've definitely seen this film. Oh yeah. Um, whenever it came out, I think I was in like late middle school, high school. I was pretty obsessed with it. It was like a movie that my friends and I quoted like constantly. <laughs> Yeah, this is definitely something that was fun to go back and watch. I remembered how many like different quotes are like seared into my personality. Uh, <laughs> and it was like introduction of Channing Tatum, no? Like, yeah. oh my God. He credits Amanda Bynes for like launching his career because she really pushed for production to choose him over uh, some other folks. Because he was, I think, a little bit older than them. And so he was initially ruled out, but... Amanda Bynes like pushed for him. And so this is his first feature and he looks like a little baby, like compared to how we usually see him, like a humongous man. (laughs) (laughs) A humongous stripper. So have you seen this movie recently or is this something that you just saw when you were much younger? You know, I was just going back my memory. I don't think I've seen it since I was like a preteen. Did it hold up when you watched it? Yeah, it, it held up for me. I, um, I've watched this movie probably like a thousand times. I've seen this so so many times. Um, but I'm I'm curious, like when you remember watching this movie, did it seem gay to you in in any sort of subtextual way? I think it did. Like, there's many characters who kind of like reenact their sexual fantasies in this film. Like one character, I know we're probably going to mostly be talking about Amanda Bynes and Channing, but the one character of this film that sticks out the most to me is the like nerdy girl with the glasses. Eunice. She was very like sexually positive in a way that didn't, (laughs) that like really sat well with me as a preteen. I was like, oh, you don't have to be like thin, blonde, and gorgeous to go after the man of your dreams. You just have to be confident. And that's not like inherently gay, but she's not inherently straight, even though she's like heavily pursuing a man. I was like, that's a bye, baby. 
I yeah, see myself she, in her. I got to be honest, I didn't think that you'd pick out Eunice, Eunice. <laughs> as a character that was so gay. But now that you mention it, yeah, she's she's got a serious control over her womanhood and she wields it very confidently. So that might not be a sign of her being gay, but it's a sign of her being awesome. So we'll yeah. take it. Um, just a few things about this movie. It was released in 2006 it was directed by Andy Fickman. There's not much to say about him. He's most well known for directing Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> not even the first one. Not even the first one. Of course, it's starring Amanda Bynes, who, Hell yeah. you know, she spent her childhood doing all that. And then the Amanda show, her first leading role was What a Girl Wants a few <sighs> yes. years before this. Yeah, which kind of set her up as this kind of like teen darling so she's getting like a lot of publicity. She's really famous at this point. So it set this film up to do very, very well. But this film is actually loosely based off of Shakespeare's A Twelfth Night. Have you heard of that play or read that play? I haven't read it, but I had heard it was uh, like The Lion King. It was based on a Shakespeare, <laughs> work of Shakespeare. But yeah, does Twelfth Night involve like gender and identity swapping like this, mil- this film does? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it pulls a, a great many themes from a Twelfth Night, and a Twelfth Night is was regarded, you know, in its time and even now for being like groundbreaking in the areas of like gender and identity. But at that point in time, historically, when Twelfth Night would have come out, stage performers were all men, anyways. So right. it was like, so in the principal role of Viola, it would be a man playing a woman again, playing a man. So the original, The Twelfth Night has a lot of, um, makes a lot of comments on gender and identity. And so we'll see how heavily they draw from that in this film. It seems more like just cinematic nods, like characters have certain names, but there is some other similarities that I'll point out when we get to them. But Twelfth Night is also the inspiration for another gender bending um, staple in our childhood, motocross. No. Get yeah. out of town. And the motocross um, preceded She's the Man by about like five years. So it came out in 2001. And She's the Man also pulls heavily from motocross in a lot of different ways. So they have like a lot of these same key elements, like the sports as a catalyst for the plot, you know, disguised as your brother, providing sports lessons in exchange for like, you know, other lessons, like, you know, the the romantic intimacy is based off of these lessons that they're providing each other. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see some motocross themes in here. <laughs> I love, what a tie-in. I think what what also made us like want to do this podcast was noticing all these like whispers of themes in these movies that were like pretty fundamental to our personality. And these mm. gender swap ones that were really prevalent when we were growing up, things like Milan and Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. She's the man. Obviously, motocross. Just they were so popular when we were growing up, and I kind of thought that they were going to last forever. And you really don't see them that much these days. But they definitely like now that I watch them again or think about them now as like an out lesbian. I'm like, oh wow, these like contributed to how gay I was for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, because like. I know She's the Man has been a film that we've talked about a bunch, like, and like kind of debating its queerness. And I'm curious, I'm really curious to kind of go through some of the finer details of the plot with our subtextual comb. But like, Mm -hmm. the reason that I think She's the Man was so fun and engaging is because 
I think it allowed people to like look at each other openly, no matter what their gender was, because the gender was so fluid and bent and people were pretending to be one thing or the other, mainly Amanda Bynes, but it allowed you to like unabashedly like whoever you wanted to, not because of their gender, but because of whatever they were good at sports or you just like the color of their eyes. Like it was kind of an invitation to look at maybe your classmates a different way in my little queer mind, at least. Yeah. You're, you're like leading me to like the, the next few points that I have like listed here, because you know, what this podcast does for me, if nothing else, is an excuse for me to go back and watch old Amanda Bynes movies and um, drag them into (laughs) gay film theory. But, you know, what I've noticed by doing research on this specific movie is that this is not like a unique experience for any, you know, gay audience member. Like, it seems like more often than not, people watch these movies and it awakens something in them if they Mm -hmm. are, you know, if they do end up being gay later in their lives. Yeah. So if we look at gender swapped films, like as a whole, there's so many overlapping themes that you can see kind of across the board in all of them. So you'll notice that like in the gender swap movie where a woman pretends to be a man, the key lesson that the protagonist learns is like, all I need to do is adopt this level of confidence and self-assuredness that comes like out of the box when you're born a cis man. Mm. And then on the other hand, in films where men gender swap to being women, their takeaway is often they learn to be like more intuitive or more caring or more sensitive most of the time. You can think of like Mrs. Doubtfire. Right. So, you know, it's funny that like when men gender swap to be women in these films, that they often learn, you know, how to adopt these like powerless qualities of women, but they don't necessarily always get made to feel powerless. Mm. They really touch on the best parts of being a woman without always touching on the worst parts of being a woman. Yeah. Well, because when you were talking about that, like that makes so much sense. And one of the things my brain was telling me was like in a lot of these films where men are dressing up as women and living lives as women, that they do kind of reach some of the friction of like, like Mrs. Doubtfire on the bus, like getting catcalled by this older guy or Mulan trying to take a bath in the pond and all these like naked guys running in and, and like invading her space. Like it's not done in a very like harsh way. Like they, you're right. They never get confronted directly with like the reality that a woman walking on the street might. It's always like in kind of a funny way. Like, isn't it funny that this man thinks he's a woman and is hitting on her? It's not like how annoying is it that he's like a woman on the bus trying to just like catch a ride and not be bothered, you know, like they never really have, and they never learn anything from that angle. Like, oh, wow. Being a woman means you have to watch your back and engage in the world in a different way than if I was a man, I wouldn't be bothered as much. Yeah. Like when the protagonist is male presenting female, their run-ins with, you know, like being harassed on the bus or anything like that, they're like passing jokes almost. Yeah, exactly. They're like, haha, he's getting hit on, you know, but you don't see the light bulb for the protagonist go off. Yeah. It's like emasculation is funny. Haha. Like end of beat. Next mm-hmm. scene. <laughs> yeah. So what both of those do have in common though, is, is this idea that like perception is identity, you know, regardless of whatever direction mm. you're swapping, like you can put a wig on, you can put a dress on, you can put on a mustache and you are the person that you're presenting as. 
That's pretty powerful. That's like a pretty powerful message to, for young children, especially like Mm -hmm. it like brings ideas of like transness. You can, you can be anything you just feel like putting on, like that's who you are at the end of the day. And it also like kind of relates to like your closetedness. I could be a girl if I felt like it. All I have to do is put on a dress, you know? Yeah. All of that. And all of that resonates with like, cause like I said, I watched this movie a lot when I was like kind of at the age where you're like learning what you like to wear that is your own and what you like to listen to that is your own. And the idea that, yeah, if you want to be seen a certain way, all you have to do is present yourself a certain way. And it also does highlight the ridiculous ridiculousness and takes away some of the brevity of performing gender. Because if you really could just like alter your wardrobe or alter your appearance or alter the way you act slightly to trick an entire school that your identity is a certain way. It takes some of the sting off of what you're expected to do when you're born a certain gender. If you can just kind of like play with that a little bit. Um, There's a bunch of words. You're welcome. Yeah, I, I get, I totally get what you're saying. Like these movies were always kind of targeted or like aimed more towards young adults or teenagers and children. And I think for a lot of reasons, these movies were funny in that time and space because we really didn't have language or a deeper understanding of like how these themes are really meaningful. But I think being impressionable and being young and not having so much prejudice or a cut and dry way of understanding others and identity and and love, it kind of just like tickled your curiosity a little bit. You're like, I could be a boy. I could just put on a shirt. Like it it really all just comes down to that. Like if I say I'm a boy, people will treat me like I'm a boy. And um, it's really empowering. Yeah, totally. So a quick synopsis for She's the Man would be Viola Hastings, a high school soccer player, after her team is cut is forced to pretend to be her twin brother, Sebastian, in efforts to be able to play uh, high school soccer. And he does he go to an all-boys school? Do I remember that correctly? It's a co-ed school. It's a co-ed school. Oh, right, because that's how the blonde the blonde goes there. <sighs> the blonde. Olivia? <laughs> yeah, Olivia, Olivia Lennox. Uh, uh. She's so hot, dude. I'll talk a little bit later how horny this movie used to make me, but... Um, so everyone in this movie is so attractive they're and, so hot. Yeah, they're not in high school. My ass. Yeah, you know they're, they're like in high school. I did not have abs in high school. <laughs> if you had had abs in high school, we wouldn't have been friends. If I have had abs now, we wouldn't be friends. <laughs> you see these eight guys? These are all the friends I need. <laughs> I, you know, I never thought I'd be talking about an Amanda Bynes movie from 2006 as a rich text, but this is a rich motherfucking text. <laughs> Like I could unravel this for eternity, honestly. Um, but come on, bring I, out the dancing lobsters. Didn't do it for you. Bring out the dancing what a lobsters. Rich text. <laughs> that could also be seen as sapphic, but hundred um, percent. Let's get cracking. I'm gonna try to bust through this plot. If you remember something that tickled your gay little whiskers, you tell me. Um, but that. I think I kept all most of all the important gay stuff in here. But excellent. So we open on Viola Hastings, who's our protagonist, who's played by Amanda Bynes, and she's playing soccer and she's kicking absolute ass, taking Mm. no prisoners. So we understand very quickly she's very good at what she does. And um, Amanda Bynes has said for this movie that she had no experience playing soccer. So 
now that I know that when I went on the rewatch, I can see so many like different body doubles. <laughs> oh my God. I never clocked that for a second. You know, I recently rewatched um, Johnny Tsunami. And oh my like, God. All these like incredible sequences of them like totally shredding absolute ass on a snowboard. And it is clearly adult men. <laughs> 40 year old <And> man. <laughs> clearly like beard shadows. Anyway, I never yeah. clocked it. Well, this movie is perfect for body doubles because, you know, the protagonist is in a wig anyways. You know, you just yeah. pop the same wig on another person. Bada bing, they bada look boom. exactly the same. Yeah. Um, so we learn Viola Hastings is very good at soccer and we meet her boyfriend quickly. His name is Justin and he sucks. That's all you need to know. I just want to say if I'm explaining a movie and there's a boyfriend in the first two sentences, he is out. <laughs> He's out. We do not like him. Carol, he always no. sucks. He always sucks. Happiest season, no. Exactly. So Justin is, uh, we learn he's the captain of the soccer, the boys soccer team at her high school. And he tells her that she's better than half of the guys on his team. The next day at her high school, its name is Cornwall, we get the inciting incident where Viola is told that she can no longer play soccer because not a gr enough girls signed up to be on the team. Oh, yeah, I know. She is completely devastated. She approaches the boys soccer coach and basically just asks to be able to try out for the team. And the coach like laughs her off the field, says things like, girls aren't as fast as boys or as strong or as athletic. Girls can't beat boys. It's as simple as that. Oh, Ugh. God, love some fire on the engine. Let's go. See, but already <laughs> Viola Davis is like one of the most badass girls. Viola <laughs> In like the early 2000s. Oh, man. What? Why are you laughing at me? Viola Davis, dog. Oh, no. <laughs> it's Sally, Sally Fields. Fields. It's happening again. All right. Uh, okay. I love Amanda Bynes in this role. And we love Viola Davis in this role. She really transforms. <laughs> I'm going to ruin your life one day. So yeah, they definitely do pour fire on the motherfucking engine. They're like, girls are shit. They can never beat boys. They, they basically say stuff that no one would ever say, but yeah. it needs to be said for this film to kind of take off. Girls drool. <laughs> yes, boys rule. And Viola's not having that. So she promptly breaks up with Justin. And um, oh, yes, we love, we love like a quick dumping, like especially in yeah. a rom-com, like it's over. It's over. A two-word dumping is preferred. We'll take a sentence, but two words is the sweet spot. Yeah, she could have said it is over, but she said it's over. It's Baby, over. bye. Yeah. Incredible. We love a breakup. Uh, we shoot over to Viola's house where we meet her mom, who is obsessed with pageants, because of course she is. And uh, <gasps> I forgot her mom is so funny, too. Yeah, her She's mom, so Daphne. Daphne. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. God, there's so many great characters in this movie. Not a single character is wasted in the comedy of this film. No, they really have like a vast array of minor characters that like every word they say is gold. Yeah. Daphne is great. Viola's mom. And what we need to know about her is she really wants Viola to be a debutante. And of course, Viola does not want to do that. She just wants to play soccer. Hell yeah. Me too, girl. I mean, same. The dresses that she's like peddling are also really ugly and frilly and not cute. 2007 was not no for, no for fashion. No, it was not. Uh, we quickly meet 
her twin brother, Sebastian, who does look like eerily like her. Fun fact, this role was initially offered to Jesse McCartney. (gasps) Oh my God. I love Jesse McCartney as a young lad. The production had stated that like they thought Jesse McCartney's face looked more like Amanda Bynes' face. So they thought it would be a pretty good matchup, but he wasn't available. So we got this other guy who I think looks like super close to her, honestly. Super looks like her. In fact, isn't there a scene where she's like wearing like a hoodie? Amanda Bynes is wearing a hoodie and like walking up to the front door and she's putting in her earphones. Mm -hmm. The the girlfriend like walks up like, Sebastian, Sebastian, (laughs) don't you hear me calling you? And she's like, what? I'm it's. She's like, oh my God, you look just like your brother. She's like, yeah, "Yeah, we're fucking twins. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Wow. This movie is like baked in your little brain, isn't it? All right. Next question. (laughs) Next question. Uh, So we don't get Jesse McCartney, but the guy who plays Sebastian is good enough and looks just fucking like her. True. And he's packing up all of his stuff. He's basically going to pull a once over on their parents who are divorced. And he's saying he's with one when he's with the other. And he's actually going to you know, take off and go to London. So uh, he basically just asked Viola, like, hey, can you call that boarding school I was supposed to go to and just like make up a lie because I won't be there for two weeks. And so he jets and she's all alone in his room and she's like got some of his clothes on and she's looking at herself in his mirror and she says, if you can't join him, beat him. I'm going to watch this immediately after we get off the Zoom call. It is so good. I hope that you do because it's it's definitely fun. I thought I was going to be disappointed with the rewatch, but I'm pretty happy with it. Cut to the salon. We meet her gay friend, Paul, because we cannot have a makeover oh, yeah. moment without a gay friend, Paul. God, I just wanted to be her. I wanted a gay friend named Paul. My gay friend's name was Taylor. He was a dancer. Hey, Tay, Aww. hopefully you're listening to this. Is he the one that took you to the prom? He did. He took me to all of my homecomings. But one where some straight guy stood me up. Yeah. GBF for life. Taylor everyone. He was like, I need a strong lesbian (laughs) to take me to the prom. You're like, I need a wispy fellow. I did toy with wearing Converse to my first homecoming and ultimately decided on ballet flats. And I regret that to this very day. Oh, yeah. I'll make sure that you think about it often. Okay, Paul. Paul's great. I totally forgot about Paul. Yeah. So we meet Paul, uh, one of her many friends at the salon, and she's saying like, um, he's a hairdresser. And she's like, you have to make me over. I have to be Sebastian. And he agrees. So cue the montage, like I promised you. And we get to see Viola butching up. So she tries on many wigs. She tries on many walks. You know, (sighs) she's... uh, learning how to hold herself, how to like spit. You know, it's funny. There's like a very similar scene to this in the birdcage where Robin Williams is trying to teach his like super flamboyant partner, Nathan Lane, to be like a straight man to pass his straight. And he's like, (laughs) yeah, like teaching him to walk and teaching him how to like butter toast. And it's, it's so ridiculous and so unsuccessful, but she seems to pull it off pretty well from what I can remember. She's butch queen. I think what's hilarious about this montage is it like it's a gay man and two of her female friends teaching her how to be like masculine. That's true. So you definitely (laughs) you see in her presentation, like in the rest of the film as Sebastian, that it's like very much like a, a woman's take on like what a cool guy is. Yeah, exactly. And no one 
suspects a damn thing. So what does that tell you? No. Because like, what would a straight guy say? Like, how would a straight guy tell a woman how to act like a straight guy? I don't think he would be able to put his own, his own mannerisms into words. We have one in studio with us today. (gasps) We have a, a Lee Garcia, our resident straight man. Sorry, I actually like was looking at my phone. What's the question? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I swear I'm. I swear I'm actually listening. No, that <laughs> is so perfect. Sure. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's what a straight man would do, oh. like at any given moment. <laughs> oh man, perfect! I dropped the ball that's here. So it good. all sounds good though. The levels are great. <laughs> oh my god, Lee, you're perfection. A national Don't treasure. A thing. International treasure, leaguers. National. Um, okay, so Viola properly butches <laughs> up. <laughs> she gets uh, taken to her new school, uh, Illyria, which is also a nod to the to Twelfth Night. So if if I say oh. literally any the name of anything, it's a nod to Twelfth Night. So yeah, because the the names were really weird, and I see that now. Okay, cool. Yeah. So Paul drops Viola Sebastian off and and tells them to be a good boy. Uh, And so they immediately are overwhelmed. They feel like everybody's eyes are on them. And they're kind of just kind of overstimulated with what it's like to present as a boy. And But you know what? You talking about this scene like kind of hits a little harder than I think I realized when I was a kid. But like it reminded me of... Like, um, when I started getting boobs, I really hated them. And like the first bra I ever got, I thought they made my boobs look huge. And I remember like walking around in school and being like, oh my God, everyone's going to know that Mm -hmm. I have boobs now. Everyone's going to like see. And I just felt like so strange and like everyone's eyes were on me. Yeah. And because like for me, it was so uncomfortable and not part of like, I don't know, because I was very tomboy-ish child for whatever that means and just like that anxiety of having something of yours be like new or different and feel like everyone's eyes on you I really relate to that like now in my life looking back is like at my preteen years yeah I think this scene I anyone can relate to like a teenager specifically going through puberty um like a trans person presenting differently a person in drag presenting differently for the first time, or even like just someone insecure. When you're hyper aware of something on you, it, it begins to feel like everybody's staring at that just one thing. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't think like Sebastian, <laughs> Viola Sebastian, like walked onto campus and everyone was like, what a freak. Like they probably just walked on and no one noticed, but to yeah. them, everybody's eyes were on them. I have a photo for you actually to, yeah. to look oh, really? at. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, here we go. Oh, can you describe what they look like? I can. Okay. So obviously this is a very preppy boarding school because Viola's Sebastian, Viola's in like this Navy suit with a little red tie. She's sporting like this shaggy Beatles wig (laughs) and she looks totally overwhelmed. She's like clutching a soccer ball. Like it's a teddy bear, like, (laughs) Like it's her safety net and just wide-eyed deer in headlights, just totally overwhelmed. And there's like people rushing all around her on campus. It's very sweet, but honestly, she looks like a dude. Yeah. They look like a dude. Like they are passing really well. The suit fits great. Paul did a great job with the glow up. It it shows like how much bravery she's put into this act because she's kind of scared shitless. She's 
She's dug herself a hole and she she in it. Yeah, this is serving like man written by a woman. Definitely, 100%, like very sensitive. Yeah, like there's a, a underlying beauty, which they're like, obviously, they've got a little bit of mascara on. They've got a Just little a bit little of bronzer. Bit. The rosy cheeks. Mm-hmm. Very pretty. Um, <laughs> They look so scared. <laughs> so scared. <laughs> it's all going to be good, Viola. Yeah, so they hurriedly scurry to their their dorm room, which they share with Duke. So Duke is played by Mr. Channing Tatum. Uh, he's hot. Channing Tatum's hot. As a lesbian, I'll say it. That's he annoys me now. Like I just unfollowed him on Instagram last week because he just annoys the shit oh, out so of me. Oh, so you just broke up with him. I just broke up with him. But between this movie and Step Up and um, what's the one where he's a stripper? Magic Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a big fan of Channing Tatum's abs. He's like he looks like a little baby in this compared to like how we've seen him before. But did he know how to play soccer for this movie? I don't him doing things. I don't think any of them know how to play soccer. But I don't. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of like high knees, you know, and like hustling and lots of really tight <laughs> shots on legs. So it makes me think there's a lot of body doubles. But yeah. I didn't catch his body double as much as I caught Amanda Bynes's body double. So yeah. Maybe he's a little more apt at soccer. Um, so Do you he's think they the, had a female or a male body double for Amanda Bynes? Um, probably a male. Wow. Commitment. Yeah. Yeah. So we meet Duke, who is going to be the love interest. We don't know it yet, but uh, you guys have probably seen this movie. It's like a million years old. Uh, <laughs> single woman meets single man. He's not gay. Therefore. Yes, exactly. But there's a twist. But there's a bunch of other soccer players in um, the dorm room. The soccer players are like immediately aware of how little and small Sebastian looks. Like they make a few comments like the freshman dorms that way. Like, And um, Sebastian's like, I skipped a couple grades. I think it's so rude that they're instantly like on them like... Oh, why are you so skinny? Like, you don't fit into what I believe that you're supposed to look like as a soccer player, as a man, whatever. It's so rude. Yeah. Keep your opinions to yourself, boys. Yeah, they like immediately are like, you're very small. <laughs> and don't they find a tampon? Yeah, so their Violet Sebastian is like unpacking their stuff and a bunch of tampons fall on the floor. And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> So, oh, it's so good. Like, it just goes to show, like, and I remember what Amanda Bynes' face looked like whenever they <laughs> pull out this tampon and she has to, like, recover so quickly. <laughs> the thing is, she, the script could have been so bad, but all the actors played them so well. Yeah. All the lines are given, like, 110%. It's the only way that it would have worked. They're like, why the fuck do you have these tampons? And Viola Sebastian recovers very quickly and goes, I get really bad nosebleeds. <laughs> and they're like, what? And uh, Viola Sebastian's like, Beckham does it all the time. And like proceeds to like open one up and like shove it up their nose. <laughs> Beckham does it all the time. This is what <laughs> Yeah, and um, oh, so the so other roommates are like, your, your roommate's a fucking freak. <laughs> uh, so they immediately don't like it. It's the best. 45 seconds in, doing yeah. great. Yeah, so it's already oh, not classic. shaking out the best for Viola Sebastian. And um, they go to the soccer tryouts and they're put in the second string, which means they don't get any uh, game time, which is not good for Viola Sebastian 
because I'll just call her Viola or Vi. I don't know. It's not good for for Vi or Viola because she only has two weeks here before her brother comes back. So she's kind of, she's got to play some game time to kind of prove herself. Right. So that's not a good thing. And at soccer tryout, she gets called to the principal's office. And uh, the principal is played by a Mr. David Cross. Oh my God. (laughs) He does just a fantastic job in this role. Um, This role didn't need to be as good as he made it, but Viola thinks that she's being called into the office because they've figured her out. So she's like, before anyone even comes into the office, she's like taking off her binder and like kind of taking off her like sideburns. So the principal, David Cross, comes in and is just like, I just want you in to say welcome. Welcome to Illyria. Welcome, 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 I just wanted to say welcome. It's so funny because like I know every single word of this motherfucking movie and it's taking a lot of self-control for me not to just like read the script for you right now. <laughs> I think we should do a bonus episode where we just do read a line the reading. Script, table <laughs> read. Cover to cover. Table read. <laughs> Lee, do you want to read for David Cross? David I'll, would do I'll the, do the scene direction. Yes. <laughs> oh, He's the <yeah>. narrator. <laughs> Viola uh, 22 picks up tampon. <laughs> <laughs> the room goes silent. Uh, okay. So Viola leaves the principal office and we get a motherfucking meet cute baby. <gasps> a second meet cute? Yes. This one's meatier and cutier than the previous. Viola knocks into Olivia and her books go flying and they drop onto the floor. And so they have to like scramble and kind of pick them up. And Olivia is uh, another high schooler. She's very pretty and they have like an instant connection. They like kind of lock eyes and you can tell pretty immediately that Olivia's like very into Sebastian or who she believes Sebastian to be. But Viola, I mean, Sebastian, Viola, Viola doesn't have necessarily like romance chemistry towards Olivia. Oh no, they do sort of because she like starts complimenting her hair or something. She's like, oh my God, where did you get your shoes? And she's like, oh yeah, those are cute. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I love your shoes. I got them at Anthropology. They have shoes there? Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, here's your books. (laughs) Here's your books. I thought we were not doing the script read. I'm so sorry. You seem like you wanted to hear the words. I did want it to. As soon as you started, I could watch it. It's so good. Uh, So Olivia is a smitten kitten and Sebastian Viola leaves very quickly and kind of like a hustle. And Viola Sebastian enters the cafeteria after meeting with the principal and tries to bond with the other soccer players. She kind of like sits down at their table and they kind of don't want her to be there. And Olivia walks in and we learn that Duke is like obsessed with her and has never spoken to her before, but has like this like massive crush on her. Mm -hmm. And all the other like jocks are like, oh, she just got dumped and she's vulnerable right now. In man words, it's time to pounce. Ew. God, I hope to God no one says anything like that. It's so gross and like bro-y. I know Lee would never talk like this. Never. Lee would never. He's there to defend straight people now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm listening now. (laughs) Thank you, Lee. Uh, So the next day, Viola Sebastian's on the phone to Paul and she's saying like, it's not that they know that I'm a guy, but like none of them think I'm cool. Like I just won't be able to last here for very long. And Paul 
um, is like, I've got a plan. Uh, so I'm going to send you a scene. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love this scene. Look who's here. Fuck him, mama. Uh, 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 don't look at him. Maybe he won't see us. Yes, but also looks like we got no room. Hilarious. In that scene, we have Paul, uh, Viola's friend who did her makeover, plan this whole um, scenario in which they would bring all of Viola's friends in and make it seem like Sebastian is a very wanted uh, wanted guy. And it works. It works. <laughs> can, you tell so me, can you tell me what like happens in that scene? So basically, it's just like this big theatrical performance at the pizza joint where these like incredibly hot women come and like hang themselves all over Viola. In what I remember being a very horny thing to watch as a kid. Okay, um, thank you. It just like something about it. She does a great job of kind of playing up the machismo, which like, this is all like, I don't think boys really act like this. Maybe they do in some universe. Maybe I just forget what 13 year old, 16 year old, whatever the fuck old they are boys act like, but <laughs> God, they're obviously all like 35 also watching this scene. These are grown ass people playing high schoolers. I also remember this movie being like really hot, like, and some of these scenes, especially like made me feel so many different ways as like a young person. I was telling this to my my girlfriend last night, I was like, do you remember this movie being horny? <laughs> and she was like, weren't you like 12 or something? And I was like, yeah, I don't think I had the words for it then. Like, yeah. but it did something inside of me. Like, definitely. And just like the idea of like performing masculinity and machismoness better to like win approval is like exactly, I think, how being a young person works like whether Viola really was Sebastian and Sebastian like pulled off this plant, like it would have worked either way, you know? Yeah. And I just think that like, it's really funny that yet again, her gay friend and, and these hot like salon girls are like, look, honey, this is easy. We know exactly what you need to do. X, Y, Z, bam. And it works like a charm. But like, she's <laughs> manipulating all the whole soccer team <laughs> at the same time. And it's just like so much fun to watch because she's not doing it male malevolently. It's like all in good fun. And it's, it's a great scene. Yeah. So it, and it, like you said, it works so well that like the members on this soccer team are like obsessed with Sebastian after this. Also what happens um, after the girls come in and, and Sebastian gets a lot of credit for being like a womanizer, um, Monique comes in. Monique, you'll remember Sebastian, real Sebastian's real girlfriend. Girls with asses like mine do not talk to boys with faces like yours. <laughs> that, that, that hey, pretty lady. <laughs> yeah, they try to like hit this one with the same line and just like gross. Monique, who's like, ew. 
um, so she comes in and sees Sebastian or Viola dressed as Sebastian and tries to talk to him. And Viola obviously is terrified to be up close to Monique because she'll, you know, put it together that she's uh, her sister or she's she's not Sebastian. So <laughs> <laughs> it's getting complicated now. So Monique comes into this restaurant. It's not a part of the plan. Viola starts running away to kind of obstruct Monique's view of their face, you know, behind a box of like, behind a tower of like pizza boxes, like breaks up with Monique very theatrically and she like leaves in a huff. Yeah. And so now the soccer players think that like Sebastian is a god. And so they're like following him around like a little puppy dog for the next few scenes. So it's pretty satisfying. You know, what's ironic is like if they do follow what Viola would actually tell them is the way to act around women, they would definitely be able to talk to women like Olivia. Yeah. Like their their advice is actually not bad. <laughs> yeah. So the soccer players now are just asking Sebastian for like advice on, not, you know, dating advice and stuff like that. And so he's got a lot of social credit and um, he goes into their science classroom and is paired with Olivia as the yes. science partner. Yes. I love yes. this as like a, like as a gay little kid watching this, I was like, can this movie be not about soccer? Can this movie just be about... Viola Sebastian dating Olivia because they're so cute together. Wait, also real quick, I love the trope of like science lab partners bringing people together sexually because it happens in Twilight. It happens in like <laughs> so many movies. You never get paired up with who you want to get paired up in, in any class. That's never happened to me. I think I went to like a janky high school because we never got paired up at all. <laughs> For what? For actual science experiments? We didn't we didn't do science experiments in school. <laughs> you went to an odd, odd students only. There's like never an equal amount of people to get paired up with. <laughs> <laughs> no even numbers. Never. Exactly. Olivia gets paired up with Sebastian. Duke is like pissed because obviously he wants to be paired with Olivia because he has this huge crush on her. We see the scene with with Viola, Sebastian, and Olivia and the sparks are like flying and Viola's kind of opening up to Olivia and kind of showing her real self, not this like fake masculine persona. And Olivia's really attracted to it and like commends Viola for being like sensitive and forthcoming and not exactly super masculine. This is something that I, I like found in theory, like researching this, but like, it's very true on these like gender swapped rom commy movies is that like, there is always a love element. And we understand as an audience that, you know, in this movie, there's Viola and Duke, which is the principal relationship that we care about. But there's also this like secondary relationship where Olivia is clearly in love with Viola being Sebastian. Mm. So these gender swap movies that have these romantic relationships going in different directions creates this like prism where we understand everybody to be hetero and everybody to be cis and everybody to be super straight, but it kind of forces us to look and consider these gay relationships. Yeah. And root for them. Like you want them to kiss and work out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's something to keep in mind. We see it more with Duke and Viola as their friendship progresses, but we definitely do see it with Olivia and um, Viola. And that was the one I was primarily invested in. Yes. Um, I, was, I was heartbroken when it didn't work out, spoilers, but all of this to say it reads pretty gay. 
It does. It does without being like straightforwardly gay. It's definitely not. It's definitely queer. Yeah, absolutely. So they leave the science room and Duke immediately is like hounding Viola, Sebastian, to convince Olivia to go on a date with him. And so he says, like, if you convince Olivia to go on a date with me, I will teach you how to be better at soccer and I will get you to be a first string and I will get you to play the Cornwall game, which is all Viola really cares about. So she agrees. Another montage, two. A training montage. I know. The only thing second to a makeover montage is a training montage. 100% agree. Could not have said it better myself. In this like montage, we're seeing that like not only is Sebastian or Viola Sebastian getting better at soccer, but there's also like kind of a relationship happening between the two of them where it just seems like more like their friendship is getting stronger and they feel more comfortable Mm -hmm. around each other. Okay. So back to the science classroom, we see Viola Sebastian trying to play matchmaker with between Olivia and Duke. Olivia is not feeling it. She very like quickly scoffs at the idea of, of dating Duke. And Viola's like, what? He's, he's like, not that bad. He's like pretty cute guy. He's not a bad person. And Olivia says, so you're telling me he's not another dumb jock who wants to hook up with me so he can tell all of his friends. Viola like finishes her sentence, like, but who's too insecure to treat you as an equal. Mm -hmm. And they like lock eyes and Olivia's like so smitten. Her head's all like woozy. And, um, she says like, well, you're the only guy in the school who's never hit on me. And, um, Sebastian goes, trust me, you're not my type. (laughs) This sounds to me like Olivia just needs to date girls. Yeah. Like, if these are all the things you want, I know where you can get them. Yeah, I know where you can easily find all these traits in a person. (laughs) Viola Sebastian says, like, hey, I don't think of you in that way. Like, you're my friend. Like, you're one of the few people I actually feel comfortable around. And I think she says that to kind of deter Olivia from, like, feeling like a crush or anything on her. But it seems to, if anything, like, put more fuel on the fire. That's it's definitely a turn on to be spoken to like a human in high school. <laughs> so Olivia concedes and says like, fine, I'll consider going on a date with Duke. So Viola Sebastian goes back to their, their dorm room and tells Duke like, Olivia's considering you, like you need to have a human conversation with her before you can ask her out. And Duke's like, I don't know how to talk to girls. And so they have this like practice where... <sighs> Uh, Viola or Sebastian pretends to be Viola and puts on this like girly voice and they flirt back and forth and it's really cute. And so we're getting another, you know, glimpse of that whole, like, we know it's straight as an audience, but we understand in the moment that it's queer. Yeah. You know, and they, they write it off like as, as funny, like, isn't it funny that something gay is kind of happening, but like, what it actually forces the audience to do, and it, I mean, I re- it really does force them. It forces them to consider relationships between individuals not as like a man and a woman. Right. Or a man and a man even. It's just like attraction happens between individuals regardless of gender. Absolutely. Yeah, like these people have chemistry and it doesn't matter how they're presenting for what, why, where, like however you want to perceive them. It's just like they have chemistry, bam. And it's growing. Another great scene. So cute. So the next day is the debutante carnival. And this is like a hellscape for Viola because (laughs) (laughs) everybody she's ever met is going to be there. And they're all expecting to see both Viola and Sebastian. 
So she, she's got to fool everyone. So they, so all the soccer boys and Viola Sebastian walk into the carnival and Olivia walks by and says like one thing that made me like so horny as like a young person watching this movie, <laughs> but she walks by Sebastian. She goes, I'm working the kissing booth. Come see me. Kissing booth. I would never pass these days. COVID, am I right? That's literally in my notes. It says kissing booth, not COVID safe. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of drama going on in the carnival. Viola has to change into like seven different outfits, like seven different times. But we Sorry. end on the kissing booth and Duke is next in line to kiss Olivia. So he's super, super pumped. And in that moment, Olivia trades places with Viola. And Duke is like visibly <laughs> depressed and so, oh. so disappointed. But Viola is kind of like into it. You know, she hasn't let herself feel ro too romantic about Duke at this yeah. point. But like now that she's quite literally sat in front of him about to kiss him, she's kind of letting herself feel it a little bit more, even just for a moment. And they kiss and sparks are flying. They are into each other and they're pulled apart by... Um, Viola's ex-boyfriend, Justin. 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 Justin sucks. Remember that guy who sucked? And they the this fight. God, this movie has everything. Yeah, this movie has has everything you could possibly want. And of course it has like two very fit soccer players fist fighting at a carnival. <laughs> back at the dorm room, Viola Sebastian comes back and Duke is sat on the bed with a tampon up his nose. <laughs> It, it does work for that. It's kind of perfect. Yeah. And he's like, wow, thanks. I hope you don't mind. I borrowed one of these, but it really works. So Duke is kind of saying like, hey, I'm sorry. I kissed your sister. Like I didn't know it was your sister. And Viola Sebastian's like, if you want to kiss her, you go right ahead and you kiss her. <laughs> you just take her and you just kiss the crap out of her. <laughs> <laughs> you remember this movie so well. So kiss the crap well, out of her. Yeah. It's coming back. It's all coming back to me now. So then we're at the gym and Duke is telling Viola Sebastian like, hey, I'm thinking about asking out your sister if that's cool with you. And like moments before he can actually call her and ask her out, Olivia makes an attempt at making Viola Sebastian jealous and asks Duke out on a date and he agrees. It's progressively getting less gay and more complicated. So what does that tell you? <laughs> So now we're in this situation where like Olivia thinks that dating Duke to make Sebastian jealous is working because Sebastian's pissed, but it's yeah. really Viola who's upset because she doesn't want anyone to date Duke. Airtight. Airtight. Just Airtight. It's a great story. So she grabs, so Viola Sebastian like grabs Olivia and they walk outside and Olivia's like, well, I thought you wanted me to go out with Duke. Like, why don't you come along? Obviously she just wants to hang out with Sebastian. So she's like, we can double date. I bet Eunice is available. I'm so there. It's insane. I love Eunice. They get to the restaurant and Olivia is doing some very performative flirting with Duke and... She starts to kind of like grab his face and they kind of do this like mock making out where they're not actually like touching lips. They're kind of just like grabbing each other weird. And Viola is so overwhelmed with jealousy seeing Duke like kissing someone that she like, Viola Sebastian like gets up and like leaves and um, Olivia like f follows them out as well. So the date goes terribly. No one's with who they really want to be with. 
No, it's very Shakespearean. You know, the comedy of errors, like everybody's getting turned around. Nobody is who they say they are. Wigs are flying. Wigs are flying. Back at Illyria the next day, while Olivia's out on a run, she sees someone named Sebastian exiting a cab. It's like in the middle of the night. And Mm -hmm. so she is overwhelmed with gumption. She's like, just run up to him and just kiss him already. So Serotonin coursing through her body. Little does she know, it's not the Sebastian who she thinks it is. It's just the real Sebastian. He's getting out of a car and she kisses him right on the face and is like, I'll see you at the game tomorrow and runs away. And his expression is kind of like, what the fuck just happened? Who the fuck is that? And of course... Duke sees this whole thing because it's a rom-com because uh, he's like standing in a distance somewhere and sees this. This is a mess. This is a huge mess. What a mess. tangled web we weave. So because Duke saw Sebastian kiss Olivia, he's kicked Viola out of their dorm room. So Viola is sleeping at Eunice's dorm and the real Sebastian actually comes in at the end of the night and is sleeping I guess in his own bed where he should be sleeping. So the next day when the game starts, they wake up the real Sebastian and they're like, get into your outfit. Like, we've got to go to the game. He is so (laughs) fucking confused. (laughs) He just goes along with everything. He's like, "Uh, okay. okay." Yeah, he's like, okay. And he was like, oh, that girl I kissed last night said she was going to be at a game. Like, maybe I should just go to this fucking game. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's an idiot. Uh, So they start him in the soccer game. Like he is doing terrible. He's actually playing and is so confused. Like this seems like a fever dream for him. And um, (laughs) so the principal interrupts the game, gets onto the field with Malcolm and Monique to expose Sebastian for actually being Viola. And so David Cross, the principal is like, this boy is a girl is what he says. And Sebastian's like, I'm a boy. I'm a boy. He's like, what fucking day am I having? What the fuck is happening? (laughs) This poor guy. Uh, So nobody believes him. So he drops his pants and shows everybody his penis. His Wallace and Dingleberries, actually. (laughs) His Wallace and and Dingleberries. And everyone's like, what the fuck? What the fuck are we watching? (laughs) What is going on? They leave the field and um, Sebastian is benched because he's terrible at soccer and everyone's thoroughly confused but they continue on with the game and they go until halftime at which point viola pulls sebastian out of line and is basically like hey listen i don't have time to answer any questions i switch places with you to be able to play soccer you need to give me that uniform and you just have to do it right now and he was like okay (laughs) he was like i'm just here to find the girl who kissed me last night i have no idea what the fuck is going on So she gets back in the game and she basically like begs the coach to put her in. Meanwhile, everybody still thinks that she is Sebastian. I'm using the she pronouns now because it seems like the jig is almost up, but everybody still thinks that this is Sebastian. And so they're in the game and this whole time Duke won't pass the ball to her. So like it's causing them to like lose points at this point. Now they're like tied and, uh, Viola Sebastian confronts Duke and is just like, what the, like, you just need to pass me the ball. This is getting ridiculous. And Olivia like walks onto the field and is like, Sebastian, what's going on? And Duke's like, yeah, why don't you, like, why don't you just go kiss my girl or whatever? And they get into this big, like machismo fight over Olivia. And Sebastian's like, I, Viola is like, listen, I didn't kiss her. There's nothing between us. Like, meanwhile, Olivia's standing there getting her heart fucking broken. Like, I literally kissed you. What the fuck? Duke is like, whatever, whatever. I'm not trying to hear it. And then so 
Viola just comes out with the truth. She's like, I, I'm not who you think I am. I'm not the Sebastian that kissed Olivia last night. Like I've been pretending to be my brother so that I can play soccer. And I'm so sorry to have deceived you, but like the person that you've known me to be, like the friend that I was to you, like that's real. And I'm sorry that I lied. Hmm. Like the referees and the coaches and the other players are like, what the fuck? <laughs> Damn theater kids. Yeah, I'd be so pleased if I was trying to play soccer and this bullshit kept happening, like, all in one game. Got, like, your foam finger, you're like... What are they saying? Wait, what? Who is that? Don't put him in, he's terrible. <laughs> he's got tits? What? Yeah, exactly. So, again, nobody believes what Viola's saying, they're like, we know you're Sebastian, we just saw your dick. And she was like, no, I'm actually Viola. So she, like, lifts her shirt up and flashes them her boobs, and everyone's like, that's a woman. Lots of nudity at this game. Way too much. And not in the way that we've been wanting to see it. No. But fortunately for us, they let Viola continue to play, obviously, because this movie would suck if they did not. And she scores the game-winning point. Fuck yeah, she does. So the end is not super important. Yeah, honestly, once they, like, kiss and that... Because they all, like, eventually make up blah, blah, blah after the pageant or whatever, right? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, all the sexual chemistry is gone. All the mysterious intrigue and, like, gender bending is gone. And therefore, it just becomes a regular romance movie. There's not even any soccer to look forward to. Yeah, like, as soon as the the there's that reveal... I don't want to call it a gender reveal... <laughs> But as soon as Viola comes out with the truth, like like you're saying, like all the magic of it kind of dissipates and it just becomes a regular, normal, like hetero rom-com. And that's where like my interest drops off completely. Yeah. But to, to tie up the movie very nicely, Duke and Viola obviously end up together. But there is something I want to say about the final scene. Um, they all go to a debutante ball together and they all look lovely excuse me, and they all look lovely. But we do cut to Paul and he is canoodling with one of the male soccer players. Oh, I didn't know. I forgot about that part. Yeah. So you know how Duke has two friends, one who's dating, who ends up dating Eunice, and then the second one? Yes, the other guy. The second one ends up with Paul. Oh, they're a great couple. I know. And it reminds me of that thing, how you said Mama Mia was gay. Yeah. It's because that one character ends up at the end being gay. But you were like, he ends up being gay. And I was like, how does he, is he a gay man? Is he in a gay relationship? And you're like, well, in one of the scenes, he's dancing with a man in the back. And I'm like, at the end, he like embraces a man and has a line about it in the final song. What more do you want? That was completely lost on me. I've watched that Mamma Mia 10,000 times and I never put it together that those were gay men. I don't, I don't, I don't, they like kind of insinuated at multiple points in the film. Anyway, we'll analyze Mamma Mia at a later date. Absolutely. So everything is right in the world. Everybody's in love. And we fade out to the only song you can fade out to in a movie like this. And that's Move Along by the All-American Rejects. <laughs> Dude, the soundtrack for this was, I play it. I probably still play it to this day. I absolutely, they pulled no punches. Every single song fucking rocks. Yeah. Oh man. Bravo. Good job, William Shakespeare. You really knew what you were doing. Good job, Willie. Snaps for Willie. Hey, it was rumored that William Shakespeare was gay. I believe it. I believe it he as well. He reads hella gay. He does. Gay, but like not written by a woman gay. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Lizzie, so how do we feel about this movie? I Honestly, I'm like really craving 
to watch this movie like right now. Yeah, it's a it's good on a rewatch, especially when you just really appreciate it for what it is. Like I like how much we got to see characters playing with gender and playing with chemistry across all bounds and yeah. And just being really silly. Like this movie's very, very silly. Because we have silly movies like The Hangover and shit like that, but this movie is like, you know, like SNL for kids. It's like SNL for like horny preteens. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like there's there's enough things for everyone without alienating any group of people. Like where at the hangover, it's just like so masculine or like was exactly. super bad. It's so immature. They don't force anybody out with power dynamics. Like I think anybody can come to this movie and find a few things that they like about it. Yeah, and it's pretty joyful for what it is. I think everyone in the end like learns something and comes to terms with their like genuine self a little bit more, you know? Now let's score this motherfucker. Let's score it. All right. Um, on a scale of one to ten, how would you give this movie overall? I give it an eight. I think it's a great comedy. I think it's very, very good. Eight. Yeah. I agree. I also give it an eight. Nice. See, eight's, eight's more than a seven, but it's less than a nine. Yeah, exactly. It's like an eight. Yeah. It's like how I like to remember it. <laughs> uh, okay. On a scale of one to 10, how gay is it? Not very gay, but it made me more queer for sure. So I'll give it a five for that. I'm going to give it some credit. I mean, I don't know. There's there's a gay character. Mm-hmm. It's true. There's queer undertones. That's true. There's like gender fluidity, gender swapping. And it made me super horny. I'm going to give it a seven. Seven? Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, let's do the math. So eight plus eight plus, did you say five or six? Five. Five plus seven. 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 Pretty fair score, especially for a 2006 movie. Man, I can't wait to go watch this movie, like, immediately. I hope you do, and I hope you think of me. There's so many lines that I say constantly. What, what do you think your favorite quote from this movie is? I made you a cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> What's yours? How come when I wanted to date Eunice... All you guys made fun of me, but now Sebastian's <laughs> dating her and suddenly she's cool. Screw you guys. I hate high school. <laughs> it's Eunice. Eunice is the secret glue to this entire film. Eunice saves this whole fucking movie. Like, she's a god. She's a god. <laughs> Lee, Go did Eunice. you like this movie? Have you seen this movie? Yeah, it's been a it's been a long time since I've watched it, but uh I, yeah, definitely. I love Amanda Bynes. Yeah. So for sure. And similarly, I also really want to watch this again. Yay. So. I've done my job here. <laughs> yeah. You did. Great job. <laughs> the scientists at the Amanda Bynes Institute are like, we've got a huge spike in she's the man viewership. <laughs> <laughs> the Amanda Bynes Research Institute. They're uh, tracking. They're tracking our trends, man. Look, hey, clock my data. Take it. Here you go. <laughs> this episode was produced and engineered by Lee Garcia. Your hosts are Lizzie Yitro and Sam De La Fuente. Editing by Lizzie. Music by DJ No. 
you want to follow us on social, we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd at SubtextualPod. Next week, we'll be doing something really dark and spooky with 2018 release, Lizzie. <laughs>